že promiňme dalekrombu Čermenom a spodúčne. So, and then the next thing we know, she'd fallen over in the mud. Yeah, clean over. <laughs> right. Welcome back to the TED Shed. Jason here and joined with me as usual. Glenn, how are you, mate? Good. How are you, Jace? Good to be back in the shed. It is, and it is a beautiful day outside. And Springfield, it's, um, mate. It's a beautiful place. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, when it's not raining. <laughs> We've actually got a special guest in the studio joining us today, and it's um, a local um, community member, Phil Cutcliffe. Welcome. Hey, Phil. G'day. Great to be here with you. And... Uh, in one of the best kept secrets in Springfield Lakes, the, the <laughs> yeah, we're, shed. we're trying to get it out there. We're trying to let people know about it. But yeah, it is a pretty special place, and we spend a lot of time in here, um, as you can imagine, on weekends with friends and playing yeah. pool and, and having a quiet drink or ten. Gets a bit rowdy sometimes in here, Phil. I'm not going to lie to you. <laughs> Do you advertise the address to the general no. public? No. <laughs> no. no, definitely not. But we've had some stragglers fall in over the years. I remember one time our Zanzac day and we were having a bit of a bit of a shindig in here and um, we had a Scotsman walk past and he sort of stumbled on it and thought he fell into heaven and uh, I wasn't drinking at the stage, so I drove him home because he was quite intoxicated. <laughs> but, um, yeah, people do stumble on it, and it's it's good. It's a, it's a space where people can come and talk about mental health. They can come and talk about just anything and have events. Um, and we created it through COVID, really, because um, we sort of found people were struggling, and, and we just wanted to have a, a nice space for our mates to meet that wasn't around a bunch of D-heads. Yeah, and having it here is pretty much like a bar, right? But, yeah, you're not in... I guess, you know, some of the establishments we have around here that you can't control who's there. Mm. Um, and this place, we, we definitely, um, yeah, can control who comes and goes. Yeah, and um, the cost of beer here is 1970s prices. <laughs> exactly. We've got a, uh, yeah, beer on tap and, and fridges and, and stuff like that. So it's, it's a perfect place. And um, even recently, uh, a couple of the school graduates just came in here and spent the, used the space to play some pool and... Yeah, you know, from um, T-Sack. Yeah, yeah when they good. go and grab some ice cream or something mm. from the yeah. um, cold rock, cold rock. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. turned it into a, a graduation space. So. Excellent. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's good, good, Phil. And and Phil, what what what's your role in the community? I know you're heavily involved with the, is it the Westside Community Centre? Yeah, Westside Community Care. Yeah. Uh, we manage the Camira Springfield Community Centre right. on the other end of Springfield for the council. We've been doing that for 15 years, but we've actually been here for about oh, over 26 years now since we started in the community. So um, I came out into the area initially to pioneer a church mm-hmm. uh, community and then uh, saw the need and and uh, then realised that, yeah, it wasn't just about pastoring, you know, only the people who, you know, have that faith in God, but also everybody needs pastoring and I just... Yep. Um, you know, a few really big things happen in the community which really got my attention and I realised, yeah, I'm here not just to love the people that can love me back, but, yeah, if I can be just a, a care, one of those caring people for everyone in the community, I'm, um, yeah, it's a lot more fulfilling. Yeah, that's fantastic. And um, I guess you would have seen major things like the 211 floods that devastated Goodna, which is only just down the road from where you are, and I know you had a fairly big... Uh, fairly big presence when that happened and i know you did recently in 2000 and what are we now 22 yeah um and i know we've had some people through bni that's how i know phil through bni and um they've come in and uh, we've met a couple of people that you've brought in and, and you bring in a lot of people and it's absolutely fantastic that you've got their backs and uh, i'm sure the community you know really appreciates that yeah, it wouldn't have just been seeing like those events you know i was here then i built here in 99 so i'm on the other side near the school and um 
Yeah, it's not just the floods in there, but you would have seen, like I have, the expansion of this area, right? I guess you were talking yeah. about 26 years ago. You would have been really talking about amazing thing. Chimera. We, we bought our land in 94, so right. Springfield started in 92. So Oh, wow. It was pretty small. Yeah. 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 So you've seen the development of the road, like Springfield Parkway, and then, you know, obviously... I talk a lot. I'm pretty passionate about this highway and how we used yeah. to have all the congestion. Hold on, dear ears, Phil. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. well, I, uh, well, the highway well, was seen, pretty quiet when right? it first opened. I was actually the first person to drive on the highway because uh, they opened it up. Uh, they told us what the opening time was, but it was opening from the other end oh. at the Forest Lake. Yeah, right. So, um, But, yeah, we just got down there on time and there was nothing stopping us getting on the highway. So we drove down the highway and we could see them all waiting to start to open it, but we were already on it heading in the opposite direction. That's, back then, so that's really quite funny. single lane then too, wasn't it? Yeah, it right. was. And yeah. it terminated here at, at Springfield. And Exit now, 31, now mate, it. was the last bit, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it went to a, became Augusta Parkway when it first opened. Ah, yeah. right. Yeah, there you go. and uh, so... So a bit later on, then they extended it to the Centenary yeah. Highway. Yeah, oh, well, I think we should call it the Centenary Car Park now, though, right? Uh, <laughs> it's, a, yeah. it's a bit disingenuous calling it a highway. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, it gets a bit of contribution from uh, the Green Bank, um, the Logan. Yep. All the yeah. people coming through from Logan because they don't have a, a good way to get into the city. That's all right. So um, we cop that um, extra traffic from them. Yeah, and we spoke about that the other day as well, Jace, didn't we, with the, all the people out at Ripley and Red Bank now that can access the highway and... You know, it sort of really oh, puts a definitely. lot of congestion on it, not in the morning, but also in the afternoons. Yeah, yeah, it's an expansion. Once I think once we've seen the expansion out towards um, Yamanto, you know, obviously even then mm. that was it was like a private road. That was a great way to get out to Churchill and Ambley and and the like. But over time mm. now, yeah, we've obviously seen you know a lot of development in Ripley. Um, we're also seeing that the Centenary Highway now dovetails into the back of Red Bank Plains. So. Yeah, it's mm. putting a lot more pressure on it, and you know, hopefully the temporary works that they're doing now will, will give us some relief. But yeah, um, yep. I think yeah, you and I said it's, it's only going to get worse before it gets better. Definitely, and and Phil, have you noticed a big influx in in people that need help through the through the local community as we're getting more people here? Or, and I guess with interest rate rises going up now, are you seeing an influx of people that do need some help? Yeah, definitely. At the moment, it's and the people are always needing help like with practical mm. things like uh, food and clothing but there's yeah. at the moment it's a big thing is accommodation because yeah the uh you know the increase in the rents and just the unavailability even if you can't afford to pay it you yeah. can't necessarily can't find a place to uh, rent because of the well it's it started with the hail storm right for lakes yeah yeah for and that. uh all the people that were displaced from the hail and trying mm-hmm. to find rentals yeah and it really hasn't, still hasn't recovered from there because this was, uh, then there's the floods. Yeah. And, and how do the, you get funded? How do you get funded? How do you find money, Phil? Like, how can we help you get awareness for your centre? Yeah, well, our, what we do is largely we try to do as much as we can, just pay it forward, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, and so the world operates on volunteers, I, I reckon. If you yep. had to pay for everything that you get, like if the government had to pay for everything, like we'd be... We'd all be destitute. Yeah. So, yeah, they're just the goodness out of people's hearts to pay things forward. So it's not always money. Money is great. Yeah. Uh, donations are fantastic. But, yeah, there's the donation of time, there's donation of goods and services. That Yeah, just uh, a lot of um, – one of the best things you can give people is a therapeutic relationship like what you guys are doing, getting, yeah. getting around and chatting. Yeah. Because um, – yeah, you can see a lot of people with a lot of money still are very unhappy people. Money doesn't buy happiness, but no, you can buy the things not. you're happy with. Yeah, and there's definitely been a lot of press lately from um, 
you know, look, we've definitely had housing summits trying to address homelessness and that there. Mm. What are you seeing as mechanisms and things that you know, are actually happening to address that in our area? Because like you're saying, if someone, someone's homeless, whether you know, they're displaced through domestic violence or whether it's mortgage stress and that they've had to move out, um, or as you're saying, you know, they're just even in a situation like when the storms hit here, people are displaced. What are you seeing that's happening? How, how is that being addressed? Like, where are these people going? Good question. Yeah, mm. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of groups that are funded to, not necessarily in Springfield, but around our region. They're funded to help people find housing and um, you know get them kick started back in again. But yeah, just when there's no un- no availability, that just makes it really so difficult. Hard. So it's just the culmination of all those different all those different things are happening, and it's a real growing area through COVID. Yeah, a lot of people moving into into um, well, Springfield, but they're moving into southern Queensland. Yeah. And that's availability that's pushing prices up as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Is there a bit of couch surfing going on? Are people oh, definitely. going from the area oh, going so spend a couple people. of days here, a couple of days there. So they're not overstaying their welcome or feel like they're actually well, yeah. you know, intruding on others. They well, just have to keep the jumping. bad thing is when someone's couch surfing at one person's place and then their landlord rings them and says, hey, you've got to move because we want to sell or we want to mm. put the prices up $120 a week or 200 whatever it is. Yeah. And um, they don't actually give them the opportunity to even rent, uh, yeah. re-rent it. They just say, hey, uh, we need you gone. And um, That must if, be heartbreaking for if families. If they're not on a lease or if the lease has come to an end or if they've got too many people in the house, they're, yeah. bra- they're you know, not meeting the lease conditions because they're the kindness of their hearts. They're taking in their friends. Yeah. And it uh, just escalates from... Um, snowballs from one house to another there's so, so many factors sorry. isn't it so i was just saying there's so yeah. many factors that you know that even just in that conversation that i hadn't considered for homelessness you oh, know, you're, you're in, a, in a stable rental you could be there for 10 years and mm. maybe the landlord is from interstate you know they're retiring and coming back to their investment yep. property here yeah um you're displaced yeah yeah and, and then in that if you're in a tight market like this you can't just turn around and go well i'm going to move you know stay in my suburb and no, keep the kids local and that's and right this. the ripple effect is yeah. well, people are saying hey i've just made a hundred thousand quick hundred thousand on my house yep. and um out of the blue so let's sell it let's and, uh, sell it and get on with it and, and then yeah to sell it often they want to have the tenants out so that they mm. can do it up yeah or sometimes they decide then not to sell it and then just put the rent up yeah, $150 and then start from scratch with someone new. And there's the 20 people one. willing to pay it because they've got nowhere else to go. Yeah, and then that puts that. financial stress. Yeah, 100 people. Yeah, exactly right. How do you keep yourself upbeat, Phil? I mean, you must be around a lot of people that are in hard times. Have you got a really good support network around you? Yeah, well, uh, you're part of one of the support networks <laughs> I have, but yeah. obviously in the church family and in the community. I just love what I do. I love uh, helping people. Um, I'm not a naturally generous person in my in my old life. Yep. But, um, you know, you just give one little bit and then uh, yeah, a little bit more and then you realise, hey, this is actually really enjoyable okay. helping others. But you do have to have boundaries too. You know, yep. I've been the, tried to be the knight in shining armour person and realised, yeah, you can only save so many people. Like, yeah. you can only keep so many balls in the air. So it's having those boundaries where you realise you can't do everything but you can do something and what's the something you can do. Yeah. And sometimes it's as easy as um, or as little as just paying it forward by... Uh, I developed a um, Facebook group called Westside Community Care Network um, probably about seven or eight years ago. But there's uh, how many? There's 11,500 people in the group now. Wow. And most of the people that join the group, they're joining it because they need help and they're sort of calling out or they want to help. Yeah, that's um, awesome. A lot of people do want to help, but they just don't have that touch point in the community. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the ways that people can have, you know, on 
the Facebook addict, the people who like yeah. Facebook, yeah. can join in. You know, I used to try to do it through email, but yeah, too yeah. many blo- got blocked too many times by Google and whoever. <laughs> so else. Do, you have, do you find is that sort of group where, like, say somebody you know in need and what um, might have moved into a house, um, young family, etc., and their their washing machines packed it in? Like they go, yeah, they can just put out there, go, listen, I need some assistance. Has anyone got a washing machine that they're wanting to donate yeah. or give for a reduced price type of? Well, definitely. Uh, there's people there saying, hey, I've got a whole house full of furniture. Just put it up just before wow. I came over here, you know, and my um, friend's moving into uh, aged care and they want to give all their furniture away to the community. Um, so that's great. You can just put it out there and, yep. you know, and then on the other side of things, like you said, people can put a request. Yep. And I yep. think, um, yeah, most times, 90, 95% of the time, that's really well received and sometimes I get offered multiple washing machines. Yeah. Uh, the, the biggest challenge is with people's, you know, everyone's got their own definition of what's fair. Mm-hmm. So the hardest part with that group is just refereeing the people who uh, <laughs> think, hey, that person's been asking for too much, you know, yeah. when's it my turn? You know, yeah, right. They're just had a garage sale. <laughs> or they've seen them ask on other sites. And there are people who probably take advantage yes, as well. So there's definitely sometimes that's the hardest part of that group is trying to, um, you know, work out who are the people who really are looking for help and they're yeah. just asking in multiple places. Yep. the people who are just um, doing getting some free stuff so they can sell it. Yeah, but that's often right. that's um, that's how they're surviving as well. Like well, they might right. be doing the wrong thing, but they're they're just trying to help their family. So you gotta feed your kids. It's uh, trying to have that unconditional love for people, but still having you know some boundaries and trying to you know referee. But I've got about twenty moderators that help me mm-hmm. administrate that page. All beautiful people, and we all yep. chat together about the difficult cases and how we're going to handle them. Yeah, but uh, often I'm so busy, I'm just left out of the loop. Yeah, and so <laughs> you they, are sort a busy of, man. they sort it all out, and it all seems to go well. So yeah, yeah. I guess that's the good thing, right? Because it would be quite fatiguing, you know, as you were saying, even just giving attention to the community on a regular basis, right, and giving yourself so much. You need time for yourself. Mm. And, and having those other moderators and, and community members step up and, and help run that, you know, allows you to, I guess, have that, that respite and a bit of recharge. And Yeah, you know, definitely. Um, I'm out of the loop. A lot of so many things, people come and help us, thank me for things that I did, but I don't know anything about it because yeah. the, um, the community did it for themselves, really. It's just really helping. I often think, you know, someone might need a washing machine. The neighbour might have one in their garage. Yeah. But if they're not connected, then they just don't know. They'd be exactly. happy to donate it, but they just don't know. Exactly. And vice versa. They've, uh, but, yeah, if we can just help people just connect up. And yep. often they can do that directly once they're in that group. Yep. Yep. I'll have to join mm. that group because I've got a couch that I'm going to donate. We've just uh, purchased a new one. So mm. my old couch, which is the leather one, will be going to your site. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. And yeah. Uh, Often the hardest part with it is, is um, well, the refereeing. It's, mm. it's only minor. It doesn't happen that often. But, yeah, yep. just getting it from A to B. Yeah. Because quite often the most needy people don't have a way of getting yeah. it. Yeah. I, I, I know you've spoken in BNI about giving um, phones um, is, is a massive thing to people because, you know, if you've got a spare phone laying around that you're not using, it might be an iPhone 3 or 4 or 5 or whatever. Mm. That's a connection for somebody. You know, like that, that's a, that's even thing. the old brick is yeah. appreciated by somebody who doesn't have a phone. Absolutely, yeah, we you can know? consider most smartphones these days. I mean, I know the piece I carry around is two and a half grand. That's right. Who can afford right. that? Yeah, and, and, then, and that's I'm, a, in a, I'm in a family of four, right? So you multiply yeah. that by the kids always get my older generation one. And you go, look, yours is two year old. That's going to do you fine. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, I'm fortunate enough to be able to you know, yep. afford that. But yeah, yep. just something as simple as a communication device. Absolutely, it gets people. Um, a just voice. one person yeah. wanting to make a little bit of difference can make 
can end up making the world a difference. The mm. guy who started DV Safe Phone, like he um, he had this stuff in the boot of his car and he was going to take it down to the op shop to get rid of it, including yeah. a couple of phones. And um, he just never got around it. It just stayed in the boot. And then the lockdowns came and yep. the op shop closed. Ah. So he had nowhere to drop it off. So he rang up the local, his mate at the police station. He rang him up and said, oh, what, do you, what could you do? I do with this? And yeah. they said, oh, yeah, well, you could... Donate it to some. We know some DV families that you could help. And he told him what he had, and he said, "Oh, you got phones? Phones are like gold, you know." Yeah. And he says, "Oh, I've got some mates who have phones as well." Oh wow. Anyway, so I said, "Oh, you must have a really kind heart to do this." And he said, "No, I was actually lazy. I was too lazy to drop it <laughs> off." But anyway, <laughs> just recently, he had the Commonwealth Bank give him fourteen hundred iPhones. Oh uh, so wow! It's like turning. He's got his That's own great. business, but it's sort of turned into another second full-time job, just managing this DB phones. That's which fantastic. is fantastic. So when yep. I heard about it, I just got straight online and requested um, as a charity because yep. we have people asking us for phones all the time, and they yep. sent that week. Within the week, they sent me ten. I said, "Oh, won't be cheeky. Won't ask for too many. So maybe yeah. eight, and they just sent me a packet of ten. Wow, that is fantastic. fantastic. Yeah, and, so. and did you see the flow-on effect of that, Phil? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Just the tears that, in the eyes. Rewarding. Just being able to every person you give one to, yeah. um, they they stipulate with their ones that they have to be for DV because their yeah. vision is you know once everyone who's out of a DV situation has got a safe phone, yeah. you know, because often the partners break them. Oh or, yeah, or they're being monitored. So um, they give them a phone that they can, you know, feel free to use um, without being monitored. But yeah. they said, yeah, once everybody, once everyone who's in that situation has got a phone, then I'm happy to pass them on other places as to like homeless people often need phones too because they're living it rough. Yep. And um, they're probably tempted to sell it if they're, yep. you know, really hard up or they get in fights or they have to move on and they lose them or they break them. Yep. Um, they're always needing phones as well, but um, yeah, most so we, the ones we get from the community, like it, um, we can pass on to them. But yeah, the ones we get through DV Safe Phone, then we just give to the, the people DV. in DV it's situation. Amazing how many different things. I mean, that's something I'd never heard of. Um, yeah, how many different things happen in the community, and, and everything that we're talking about. Uh, I guess Phil, what you you do is is pretty much I'm, I'm assuming Springfield or like Greater Springfield area. That well, anybody what you're doing. Every, sorry, I was just to say every, everyone. You're doing it's probably repeated in so many other communities yeah. as well, right? It's not just you know you're doing this and oh, isn't that a fantastic story? It's the same thing happening all over Australia. Yep, definitely. Yep. Um, during COVID, a lot of um, people, you know, they couldn't go to work, but they still wanted to help and to contribute. So a lot of little groups uh, like our one has uh, you know started up. I suppose the challenge is the is the consistency, you know, being able to keep things going and making it sort of reproducible and, or, you know, or being able to sustain it over a period of time. Yep. But anyway, even in emergency situations, some things do like pop up and then they, and they dissipate again. And uh, we've noticed, um, yeah, definitely the helping feed the feed people is um, it's really has multiplied out there. There's some great organizations and, They've got the food again. It's just getting it from A to B. Yeah. Like all the coal supermarkets. Yeah. They've got a charity called Second Bite, where oh, they 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 want to get you know at least you know, I'm not quite sure what the percentages are, but they're wanting all that waste food to get to hungry people, yeah. not to be wasted. Yeah. And so they're really working hard on that. So we That's uh, really good. we pick up from three of the local coals, mm-hmm. but even recently they've um, upped their game where they've like tripled or quadrupled the amount of fruit and veggies that they're getting through because a lot of it was like uh, bread 
yep. and, and sweet and savoury sort of products. Staples. Yeah. Well, yeah that's yep. an interesting challenge, right? Because I guess these multinationals are all geared up in their distribution networks to to get everything, you know, to the supermarket. And now yep. you're talking about waste and then actually going like, you know, micro distribution to different places for people in need. So that's, that's, right. not, that's not their core business, right? So they really need to rely on, on people like yourselves and that to Volunteers, take mate. that and, and distribute out as needed. Yeah. yeah, that's right. What days do you... I've seen on the um, your personal page, um, th- there's days where you give away food at the community centre. I have seen that. Is that, is that a, does that happen every week or... Every day, pretty much. Every like, day. Thursdays, we... Uh, we initially did try Thursdays, but then Coles, the Coles that we were picking up from said, hey, look, can you give us that day that we've got to pass on to others? And said, yep. yeah, sure. So we do every day pretty much except for Thursdays. Wow. Uh, so 11 a.m. at the Camira Springfield Community Centre. Okay. And uh, we sometimes have like half a tonne of food there to give away bread. Fruit yep. and veggies are the main things, but we do get other things. Coles have started uh, increasing the frozen meat. And IGA, Terry at IGA. Oh, yeah, Terry, I know, We Terry, pick up yeah. from him on Saturday. So we do a pickup on Saturday and we don't do as many coals. Yep. We do one and so we get plenty of bread. And yep. then we uh, do IGA and Aldi. We wow. do Aldi most days of the week as well. That's um, fantastic. We share it around with a few other organisations as well, the Aldi. Mm-hmm. And um, the uh, even on Sundays, now we're getting so many veggies on the Saturday afternoons and they're not going to keep till Monday. So even on the Sundays, we're trying to do it like... A morning tea, a morning tea giveaway up where we have the church at Woodcrest College, and people can just come at the morning tea time, have a cuppa, have a chat, and then take hopefully take away <laughs> the food. That's so, the other important bit, right? Yeah. Communication. The yes. chat is probably like when we had we spoke to Nick from Orange Sky, mm. and he said that you know homeless people or people in need that come to get their washing done. Half the time, they just come for a chat. Yeah, that's you exactly know, it's, right. It's that communication that is massive yeah, to connection. people's connection. And yeah. some of those people that come become the best volunteers down the track, which is yeah. amazing. I'm yeah. just thinking of a couple. There was an air conditioning guy, John, um, who was wanted to donate an air con to a struggling family. So yeah. at, the, um, at the front, you know, just before we opened up, there was like 20 or 30 people wanting to come in to get the food. So I just said, is anyone here that's married, you know, or that owns their own house and they aircon either doesn't work or they don't have an aircon because someone wants to give you one. Wow. And um, this is John McConaughey. That's a few years ago now. And, uh, yeah, so oh, there was about 10 people there that own their own home and that they're struggling. But um, yep. So I just took down the notes and a little bit about their story and sent it on to John and he picked one of those families. Wow. And uh, that's, that guy, um, he does our lawns. Like he's in his like, and that's LDA, like, isn't it? Is it Lakes Lakes District? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, yeah, he does our lawns. Yeah. His wife is she's um, one of the reasons why they chose that family was because she is has um, you know kidney problems and she has dialysis. Oh and wow! So she needed a cool like it was really hot in the house. Yeah. She needed a cool environment for all the treatment. That's fantastic. Um, so anyway, yeah, she goes out the food bank and she goes hunting all the other food, mm. like food barn at Ipswich. She goes and sees what deals they've got. Like if we're low on something, she'll go and find <laughs> it somewhere else and get it off them and then bring it along to give away to the community. So they must volunteer like 20 or 30 hours a week, those That's guys. That's appreciation, and, right? And she's still on uh, dialysis and doing all this doing wow. uh, wonderful stuff. But it all started like with them just coming along and getting to know them and then yep. and then they were you know super blessed by John and then that sort of helped cement their, you know, their appreciation and um yeah and it's only just gone from strength to strength so there's so many stories like that that people have been helped 
yep. and then they become helpers and they just really do pay it forward to someone else and that's the that secret. makes what makes it really special. Even just a coffee in the drive-thru for the car behind you is a nice gesture. Yeah, definitely. I've done that a couple of times and I've received it a couple of times and it's amazing. It just makes you feel, wow, that's awesome, you know. It's Fantastic. part of the community. There's so many amazing stories out there, I guess, and that's probably one of the things that I you know, see in the community is actually so much negativity and, and, and but it's it's great to hear positive stories like this. Yeah. Mm, like, we don't hear we don't hear enough of that. Yeah, well, um, the story that really changed my mind because you know we can sometimes have a hidden agenda in why we do things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'll help you because then you'll feel indebted to want to help me back. Yeah, and um, I was definitely even as a pastor. Like to be honest, that's what I was. You know, if if I think I'm you know can get some support back the other way, then then it's in my interest. Yeah. But there was this lady that uh, lost her baby in a car fire um, a few years ago, mm. and you can still see the cross on yeah, the Springfield Parkway. Yeah, down, down, just down the hill from where the primary campus is yeah, of the uh, Springfield. Is that Kelly? College. Is that name Kelly? That's, no. No, um, no, I'm thinking of something else. No, so it's okay. oh, the name will come to, yeah, <laughs> name that's will come right. to my head. Yeah. But I was, oh, home, I was home that day. I live around that area. So yeah, I, you'd I, live I, near I, me. We both live there. Yeah. So I'm on that side as well. Yeah, just in, in there. I'm sort of where the parkland comes down behind Woodcrest. Yeah. I'm in there. So, yeah, knew that and, and the emergency services and everything that day. And, yeah, every time you drive past there, there's the you know, floral... Um, bouquets and, and stuff there on the pole yeah. as, as a reminder. Yeah. Sam Marie was the mother and um, she yep. passed out in the car and some a good Samaritan stopped and rescued her out of the car because it was smoking and she passed out because of the fumes. And, um, wow. But because there was so much smoke in the car, they didn't see that there was a baby oh, in the back seat. So they pulled her out and she regained consciousness a few minutes later, but it was too late. You know, the, the car was fully alight and so she lost her. That'd be a bit... It's about 14 to 20 years ago. Yeah. 14, so, 15 years ago, Jace, I think. Yeah, I think I just moved to Springfield. Yeah, it was in yeah. 2005, something yeah. like that. Yeah, and, it's um, absolutely terrible. Yeah. And she, um, anyway, the um, we found out where she was, uh, you know, we got her contact through the, maybe through David Morrison. Oh, yeah. And, um, yeah, just asked if she'd like us to do some meals and I put it on an email back in those days, and I got <laughs> enough meals for about two or three months every night of the week, which was total overkill. That's amazing. And, uh, yeah, it was amazing. It was a really good feeling. And then David said, oh, we should get a new car for them because that car wasn't insured. And I'm thinking, hey, wait a minute, I need a new car. Why would I want to get a new car for someone else? <laughs> and I'm broke, you know. <laughs> yeah. And I thought, oh, gee, that's a stinking attitude. But um, a few <laughs> weeks went by and nothing happened. So I thought, you know what, we should really um, – I said that I, I sort of nodded my head and agreed with him, but in my heart I was still yeah, a little know, bit the selfish the other attitude. way, right? Yeah. Anyway, the um, uh, anyway, I just thought I just rang up the family and said, "How would you like?" And there's the car know? now. <laughs> <laughs> we're just, Sorry, yeah, we're in the shed in the suburbia, so we get all noise. I think we had a yeah. um, emergency services vehicle or something running down the highway the other day, and that's all we could hear in the headset was yeah. the yeah. was the ambulance the running past. Yeah. So yeah, sorry, for anyway, that's the, all right. The, yeah. the short so, story is that I just put it out to the paper, you know. They agreed and I put it in the paper and then people started donating. Yep. A builder rang up and said, uh, you know, how much have you raised? And I said, oh, about three or 4000 They said, oh, that's not much. I reckon I could raise 20000 oh, wow. And by the next day he'd rung back um, with a check and he had a check for 20000 wow. wow. Kia had agreed to lower the price of their $35,000 carnival down to twenty five through um, Ross Llewellyn Motors. Yep. yep. And... Um, it was just amazing. That's so we fantastic. had a fun day down in the park where we were able to just present the car to the family, <laughs> and it didn't bring any didn't bring the 
their child back. But, no, you know, no, let them know. definitely not. And she was actually the one that coined the term that I have adopted for Westside Community Carers. Everyone should know that they're not alone. She said, oh, I thought that I'd be all alone and that no one would care, but I found out how wrong I was. There always will be someone who cares. Yeah. Wow. And, uh, That's amazing, man. It was an amazing That's story. So and cool. it changed my mind. I realized, yeah, it's yeah. not, you know, you can love and expect something back or you can love and expect nothing back. Mm-hmm. And you get so much more back just through the, just that sense of um, rapport, goodwill and yep. and love. And um, yep. she became one of the biggest pay it forward people, you know, really? across the road. She lived just near here, actually. Yeah. Across the road from her house, a, a baby day, died in a, um, drowned in a spa. Yeah. And um, she lived directly across the road. Oh, wow. And so she went, she cooked meals and took them across the road and became like a supporter. Yep. Um, and she'd been through yeah. it, so that's even so bigger. So she was right? like just in the right place to, to bless that family. And she's still a supporter of Westside Community Care to this day. Wow. <clears throat> Phil, I know you ran for politics. How did you find that experience? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> Straight out the blue. I nothing of the off-limits. <laughs> <laughs> well, can I, can I say, I, I, I followed that election quite closely. And I mean, of course, we're in a, a safe Labor seat and I don't think we'd ever see it change in our lifetime unless they do a redistribution of borders or, you know, our, our demographic changes significantly. Um, do you think the hardest thing of that campaign was, and, and this is my observation, it's probably one of the first time I've seen so many candidates run that the dilution of where the votes went was was much harder, right? So if there was almost a two-horse, three-horse race, it would have been a very different story. But it was such a broad field in that election mm-hmm. that the distribution was... I mean, I know Labor's vote wasn't extremely high, but the distribution across everyone else, including yourself, was so diluted that it well, didn't... I think it was the first election where there was um, preferential, compulsory preferential voting, yeah. which is actually an advantage... So theoretically, you could get 10% of the vote and still win. Mm. Yeah. And I got close night. to 10%. And yeah. um, apparently, I was within 76 votes of being pushed ahead because of the preferences, being pushed ahead of the Liberal candidate. And he, I was number two on his preference list. Oh, so yeah. that would have, um, if I had got ahead of him, then I also would have got ahead of the One Nation. So I would have, wow. like, I wouldn't have beaten Labor, but because, yep. yeah, they had. 40% of the vote, I think, just on their own. But yep. you know, it was interesting mathematically mm. that actually it wasn't a disadvantage because of the preferential system. Yeah, oh, mm. you were disadvantaged. Okay, cool. How did you, you find the whole thing? Did you find it? Did you find you got a lot of lovers? God, did you get a lot of haters that tried to bring dirt up on you? Because I know they can be quite sort of... I was, I was at the polling booth on, at um, Woodcrest on yeah, the day. Was... There's all sorts that come through and they're very happy to um, share their opinion with you, let me tell you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was you, a really uh, unusual because... election because I think the uh, the um, <coughs> Labor Party spent about $500,000 wow. in our seat and about two or $3,000 in like Joanne Miller's seat down the road because, yeah, because so it was safe. so safe. But yep. it was a new seat and that's why, like I'm non-adversarial, I I didn't want to um if somebody was well established i don't, don't think yeah i don't think i could ever go and stand against somebody because yep. you get you get to um, involved in the community you get to like the people they i think most politicians are you're really trying their best and um yeah, yeah i wouldn't want to stand against someone who's already sitting and yep. so the new seat was an opportunity but i yep. never thought of getting really getting into the politics i thought about the maybe the council down the track mm-hmm. but yeah some um a politician uh from you know, from a different party, he came to me and said, Phil, I've been driving around this neighbourhood for weeks and it's this feeling in me that I should stop and tell you that you have to run as an independent. 
And I and I thought oh, I think you got the wrong person because <laughs> I've never thought about that. And yeah. uh, anyway, next day, um, another councillor, one of the councillors, say, "Hey, Phil, have you ever thought about running for that seat in Jordan when it opened?" And it was just the next day, and I said, "Oh, what's going on here?" And I thought, mm. "Wow!" And it just got me thinking, so I started praying about it, and then yep. I asked Julianne, who's the ultimate introvert, yep, and to see what she thought. And she said, "Yeah, I reckon you should do that." I said, wow. What? And then I submitted it to the elders in my church because, you know, it yep. would make a big change in the church. Like a lot of what I do is just with the community, but obviously there'd be other responsibilities as well. Yep. And they said, yeah, Phil, you should go for it. And I think, I can't believe people are telling me this. So <laughs> anyway, so that's how it all started. But yeah, there was some people that really loved me. Like yep. one lady rang me up or on Facebook. She said, oh, Phil, I was, you used to teach my daughter RI at school. What's um, RI? Our religious, religious instruction. instruction. Sorry, I'm and not, you you yep, were yep. cheeky enough to give her a Bible one day, and I came back to the school and I threw it at you and said, "How dare you give my daughter a Bible? Without <laughs> my permission?" And she said, "I was an evil person back then." Yeah, but I just want to know, let you know that I love God and I love the Bible now. So thank you. Yeah, and I thought oh, it was all worth it just for that one story. So there were some <laughs> lovely stories where people came running up to me. One guy was really hairy. I thought I think he's going to attack me. But yeah, yeah. Said, oh Phil, I know you from way back. You oh, used wow. to be my teacher, and he wanted to give me a hug. And I thought, oh gee, that was he was a relief. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, there was other people who just swear at you as they walk by. You know, yeah, tell you you don't because I had you know. Phil Cutcliffe cares. You don't care. Oh, geez. Yeah, <laughs> and you right. sort of uh, you can't really justify yourself in the ten seconds you've got as they're walking past. No, so. yeah, and you can't you can't um, engage in all of those conversations because it's really that'd be hard on your mental yeah. side, right? No. Did you door knock the neighbourhood as well? No, I don't. I can't. I did. I've always wondered few, what that would be like, right? I did do a few houses up. down at uh, Gales. Yeah, yeah. I door knocked where I wanted to put my signs. Yeah. yeah. And they, <laughs> one guy said, "No one has ever knocked on my door the whole." Like 20-something years I've lived here. So you've got my vote. Oh, well. <laughs> and I wasn't even asking, wanting to discuss. I just wanted to ask you if I could put the, put the sign up. Because I really only decided about a month beforehand. Yeah, right. And, um, or a couple of weeks before that went to the polls. Yep. And then we had a month to just go for it and... I'd, so, I'd just love to know how much fun it would be to follow someone on, on their, you know, their door knocking routine because I guess, you know, hello, and then you get the other one. Okay, I don't think they want to talk yeah. to me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and make a quick retreat off the property, right? Yeah. Some people would let you know pretty quickly. Mm, you know, And others would probably welcome you in and go, hey, do you want a drink and, and everything else, right? Yeah. You, you'd yeah. certainly find out that <laughs> who's who in the community. Yep. Yeah, so no right. political aspirations now? No, um, well, I didn't really. I didn't, <laughs> <laughs> no, I, like, um, no, not not in the immediate future. Like, yeah. I, that was I felt like that was just what I was meant to do at the time. Yeah. You know, I got convinced to have a go, and I really feel like I did the right thing. Yeah. Mm. What about yeah. council though? Like something a bit more local. Yeah, I think uh, I just the problem is I just love too many things that I'm doing. Yeah. And that job was like perfect because as an independent, you're not sort of tied up with any particular um, party party yeah, not beholden and to then the yeah my uh, my main modus operandum is just loving people and helping them which yep. if as an independent you could just do that without much you'd obviously have to go into parliament so anyway I was sort of liking the thought of that but then I realised council you've got to be on so many different committees yeah. and uh, yeah it would really mean giving up a lot of things that I'm doing at the moment that you're and, doing uh, now but can always empower other people but yeah, yeah I definitely don't feel a tug towards it yeah, definitely, <laughs> definitely. 
And obviously, Phil, we all start out as babies. And uh, so what's your backstory, mate? Where, where did you grow up? Where you, where'd you go to school? What was all that? How was well, that for you growing um, up through life? I know that's a bit of an on-the-spot question, but yep, it is born, nice for people yeah, to know. Life story in three minutes. Go. Yeah, okay. I was born in Hay. I was always told by hey? my parents, you hey? born in the same place as Jesus. Oh. <laughs> born in the Hay and the stable. <laughs> so down in New South Wales. I've never been back there, but I grew up in Armidale, okay. which is really nice, chilly place yes. eat your food fast before it goes cold yes <laughs> snap frozen and, uh, veggies snap frozen yeah veggies. it's a cold place <laughs> yeah right so uh, but i moved up here in um after school my dad had got a job up here and so the whole family was moving up yep. and uh, so went to uni up here yeah right i met this beautiful girl at uni called julianne yep and um initially she wouldn't go out with me don't know why I feel. Um, hey, she said we're you. going different directions in life. Yeah. You know, I joined the Army Reserve. That's pretty. Oh, you colourful. joined the Army Reserve? Yeah. Well, I heard. You know, I'm always a bit of an opportunist. Free instrument, uh, like um, not free instrument, but yeah, you get paid for playing. Okay. That's why I started playing the trumpet initially because uh-huh. it was free instrument, free lessons, and now it was like you get paid for playing in a band, and I, I just love playing in the band. So yep. I joined, but I just didn't realise that I'm a bit like uh, Mr. Bean joins the Army. <laughs> <laughs> That was oh, a bit Teddy. of that, that was, uh, <laughs> That's where I learned to, you know, just some things you just got to laugh at life and just I'm just got to survive this. Because you didn't realise you had to do all the recruit courses and the yeah, infantry yeah, yeah. training and all those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long <laughs> so, were you in for? Yeah, no, I was in sorry, for four, sorry, years. Sarge, four years. Sorry, Sarge, I'm only here to play the, uh, <laughs> the trumpet. The trumpet. I don't know yeah. what this climbing this rope and, yeah. and getting shot at is, but yeah. the, the trumpet's yeah. where I'm here for. Yeah, yeah they really do get stuck into you. So I've got a lot of interesting stories about... Yeah. Um, being you know, calling off the rifle range practice because I was getting a bit nervous and I ran off into the bushes to go to the toilet and it was off to the side. But yeah, apparently that was in the line of fire. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? We live pretty close to the Greenbank Army barracks and I can't yeah. say I've ever heard a trumpet coming out of there. No, like no. I heard gunfire, but no trumpet. It used to be at Wakehole, but yeah. Oh, you're when, at Wakehole. But when you go out into the bush, uh, when you go out for the proper rifle range, you know the bigger one. Um, it's live. It was at Greenbank. Yeah, yeah. It's just, so, just behind us here, Phil. Where I'm. Yeah. Where because yeah. I'm in the army and in the band, yeah. uh, you forget anything you've learned. I'm left-handed already, so you learn everything right-handed, <laughs> and then they put you there and you tilt, cock, lock, look. Anyway, yeah, I'm trying to work it out, and then I, my rifle got stuck, and I'm trying to work it out, and they tap me on the shoulder and say, "What are you doing, Private Cutcliffe?" And I turned around the rifle and pointed it at them. I <laughs> said, oh, I can't get this thing to work. And they said, you'll do this again. You'll be up on the charge. Wow. And uh, I thought, do what? What did I do wrong? I didn't even realise what I'd done. Sounds like the so movie dirty. Stripes. You know, someone's standing there and just swinging around with a rifle and everyone's ducking. Oh, yeah. wow. And that's was learning how to throw the grenades. You hear them going yeah, off we as do. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were teaching us to throw the grenades. And they said, now, if a grenade lands in your pit, whatever you do, don't pick it up. And I'm thinking... That doesn't make sense. You know, if a grenade landed in my pit, I'd be picking up and chucking it out. Absolutely. But they were talking all about the, um, you know, the exercise because in there they've got like a concrete maze that they take you through. Mm -hmm. Uh, But anyway, I wasn't in tune. So I couldn't resist. I should have just kept my mouth shut because that's lesson number one. (laughs) Don't (laughs) volunteer or anything. Just keep my mouth shut. (laughs) But I put up my hand and they said, yes, Private Cuckland. I said, so you're in the war. Someone throws a grenade, lands in your pit. You don't pick it up. You just leave it there. Is that what you're saying? And they said, Private Cutcliffe, stand up. <laughs> <laughs> Soldiers, this is a beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Private Cutcliffe, you may sit down. But you didn't answer my question. <laughs> oh, anyway, it took me a few years later. I finally think, ah, oh, they're talking about in the exercise. They weren't talking about in the, like, a real war. <laughs> anyway, I've got story after story like that. So it wasn't oh. so much fun at the time. 
I'm yeah. looking back, yeah. it's a great laugh. Yeah, that's right, exactly. Yeah. And that's all that's all you know, that's why I ask that question, because it is always good to see the other side of who you are and what you've been through, yeah. you know, because that's what we're about. We're, we're going to find out about the other side of people. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people know what you do in the community, but it's nice mm. for them to hear those stories. Oh, that's, that's hilarious. Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. At the fantastic. time, it would have been um, pretty serious stuff, but you can yeah. definitely look back on so it. So definitely had bad language already, but, yeah, it was more a lot more prolific. <laughs> they're teaching it to you all the time, you beep, beep, beep. I was going to say, beep, so if you're on an election <laughs> campaign and you're getting sworn at, you just go, that's nothing. There. That's I've, got, I've, got, I've, got actually, I've got a grenade here. <laughs> Shut up. As a, um, as a pastor, People don't tend to swear at you very no. much, so it was a bit of a shock initially. Yeah, sworn at. But, yeah. um, but Julianne probably got the shock from meeting me and hearing all my language. Yeah, and right. then she said we're going in different directions. And I said, "What do you mean?" She said, "Well, I'm, you know, I'm a Christian. I believe in God." And I said, "Yeah, I'm a Christian. I went to Sunday school. You know, <laughs> <laughs> anything to sort of make, yeah, yeah, try you know, and make this relationship yeah. happen." And she said, "Oh, you know, do you believe in Jesus?" And he died, he rose. And I said, yeah, I do believe. And she said, oh, do you have a relationship with him? And she really got me thinking. I'd never really thought about that before. Mm-hmm. And I thought, no, no one's ever told me this. So I went home that night and said, yeah, God, I, I do believe you. I don't know why I don't talk with you. I don't know why I've never asked you to come into my life and forgive me. But yeah. I would like to have that relationship with you. And that was like a big turning point in my life. I yeah, felt right. this peace just come down over me. And this thought, Phil, you finally made a good decision. In your life, I've had plenty of people tell me all the bad decisions I've made, but yeah, <laughs> you got, oh, this got a tick. Yeah, then oh, maybe now she might go out with me. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I got enough confidence because <laughs> I was really shy. It took me months to invite her out in the first place. Yeah, right. Cause so when my voice was breaking, it took like a year and a half to break. Yep, and I spoke like Gonzo <laughs> for about a year and a half. Cup. Sometimes nothing would come out when I tried. <laughs> People would either laugh or roll their eyes. Or, Who is this lady? <laughs> so I, even though you know that problem had been resolved, I yep. still didn't have any confidence. Yeah. But anyway, I had enough confidence to go back. I think I might be a Christian now. Would you, now would you go out with me? <laughs> yeah, nice, nice. How old were you then, Phil? Uh, nearly nineteen. Yeah. So, wow. Okay. So the, the short story is, I got God and I got the girl. We've yeah, been married beautiful. for thirty six years. Oh, congratulations! Four children, and oh, yeah, four that children. really did swing my life in a completely different direction than where I was heading. That's for sure. Yeah. Right. Isn't it amazing how those sliding doors, as they say, you know, yeah. it's those sliding door moments which shape lives and. Yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Well, you're just lucky you didn't get shot down the rifle range <laughs> trying to do, take yeah. a leak in the trees. Maybe well, someone even, was looking out for you. Yeah, well, I didn't realise <laughs> that even when you have blanks when you're in the when you're there, if you shoot someone close, oh. uh, close up, friendly with fire. blanks, yeah, um, they can still do a lot of damage. Oh, and wow. I didn't realise that. So when I was, you know, on practice, when you find the enemy and you shoot them and you're only about this far away from them, they say, <laughs> oh. <laughs> I didn't realise that you've. Uh, that's a big no-no as well. But you put yeah, a hole in they didn't charge me for that one. So oh. that was, he didn't oh, How long classic. did you end up um, in, in the reserve? Yeah, like, four what, years. Four years. And uh, yeah, but the problem was every year you had to go back to the rifle range. <laughs> and by then I'd forgotten everything. Every time I went back, I'd, anything good thing I did know, I'd managed to forget, yep. including yep. snapping the sights off the the SLR, it used to be, the rifle. Yep. I always forget to loosen them first and try to put the sights up. Oh, there goes another <laughs> spare of sights. So, um, so I didn't do very well at the rifle ranges. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 
Oh, you imagine the same staff there at the rifle range. Oh, God. Oh, God. Here comes again. Cutcliffe again. <laughs> Jesus yeah, Christ. <laughs> Sorry for the pun. The pun. Yeah. They have a year to forget about me. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, that's oh, funny. Yeah. And obviously, BNI is another big thing that you're involved with, and, and obviously that's how I know you, and we touched on it earlier. Can you explain what BNI is? I mean, so, oh, Phil's probably right? the superstar of BNI just between right. you and I. Every time there's an award, Phil's up there, and they just say, stay up here, Phil. We're going to give yeah, you But what is BNI? For me, it's That's what I'm saying. I'm just about to pass that over okay. to Phil because yeah. um, right. Phil's probably our superstar at uh, BNI Catalyst. Right. Yeah, I try to avoid that word because yeah, people just don't know what it means. <laughs> I didn't know what it means. So someone random person rang up and asked me if I wanted to join a, like business network. It is was it business Mark Winter? network international. No, was it I was actually I'm good friends with Mark Winter, but he guy. never even mentioned that he was part of it. Oh, really? And it was some person I didn't even know rang oh. me, Mark Gannon. Oh, Mark, and he's uh, a lovely man. And yeah, he is. Yeah. And he just started telling me a little bit about it. And I thought, oh, that sounds like really interesting. I'd be happy to get you know, like It's a business in, network, yeah? Is that yeah, like, like an organisation or. And even though I'm not a business, he was yeah. telling me that, you know, if you're a charity, you can join the network yeah. and they'll pay for your membership. Wow. Yeah. And then you become like, you can become like the charity in the group. And I thought, well, yeah. that's awesome because I spend a lot of my time you know, with people that are needing help. Yep. And but business people need help too. Absolutely. You know, I actually tried to start a business chaplain and I chaplain saying I employed a business chaplain for a day a week for a few um oh, for about a year. Yeah, right, okay. But I just uh yeah, wasn't the right person or the right time and so yep. it didn't continue on. But yep. um yeah, business people need a hand up and my thought was, you know, give someone a hand up and then they'll want to give you a hand up and that's exactly what being nice yeah. is. It's you give know, us gain. Yeah. It's basically one of our mottos is give us gain. So if I yeah. give you business, in return, you're looking yeah. out for business for me. If we look out for each other. Yeah. And so you've got like um, in our group, it was only about 13 when I joined it, but it's about 37. 36, I think, or 37 now. Yeah. 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 And, um, and all walks of life. All and they're all business partners for one another. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm there to try to help them, but they're each other, the businesses are there to try to help me and my charity as well. So I've had most of the people in the group have donated something, whether it's clothes mm. or food or a, um, a phone voucher mm-hmm. or a gift voucher for something or they've just said, oh, Phil, I can't help with that. And they said, can I put $1,000 in your account? I said, yep. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yep, thank you. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah exactly. And Absolutely. some people are just regular donors, including Mark, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. two Marks. They both just regularly donate like like clockwork um yeah as, uh, and get a tax deductible receipt so yeah it's been fantastic but i've really enjoyed the side of it you know i'm trying to outgive what i'm getting yeah you that's know, yeah yeah and uh, it's you nearly know, it's impossible because people are so generous one so, thing that i was gonna say you just, you, see, you just get together on a, on a weekly basis yeah friday and, morning we meet um down at the disciples church just near the iga where terry is obviously and um there's yeah we all meet there and we we basically have a meeting where we stand up for 45 seconds and talk about our business for the week and what we've got going on in our business and what we can offer the the community through these people. So we work through the room basically. So is that um, a bit different to like a chamber of commerce? It's very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, There's a bit of, uh, what I like. Yeah, I think so. Anyway, that's another story for another day. I'm not part of that. No, no. What I do like about it is that everybody contributes every time, you know, and it sounds like, but most people say, Oh, that's impossible. You can't have, 40 people speaking like if you've got any visitors if you've got 20 visitors they all speak as well so yeah, you could right. have like 50 people speaking yeah, that's exactly and right. try to get through that in an hour and a half but it's amazing how the structure even though it's like very quite rigid it's amazing how it works and then you do get to hear from people yeah, every yeah. person and it's not one expert that's telling everybody everything but we're all 
contributing and the yep. shyest person gets practice at yeah you know, right. Jason and we the <laughs> guy. he's awesome and we cheer them on <laughs> he and then the, and the person who just loves to talk all day like me yeah is, has to limit it to 45 <laughs> seconds Phil's always <laughs> getting dinged <laughs> <laughs> we have a dinger after 45 seconds yeah. the uh, the president starts dinging a bell to say get yeah. off it's like the yeah. logies right I, I, I yeah. struggle yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> once I get um, down there's yeah. no yeah. on back yeah one thing uh, one thing that stuck with me with Phil we were talking after a, a meeting one morning and he said the reason I like this room is that I get to bring people that are maybe looking for a job and I get to put them in front of 40 people that have businesses. Yeah. It's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. So does no, it even work right. things like, let's, let's say, a business is saying, look, I'm looking mm. for, for staff, I've got opportunities I always here. say that every week, I'm looking yeah. for staff. Yeah, but, <laughs> but and then somebody yeah. else in the group might turn around and go, look, yeah, I know of people who yep. are this and I'll put you in touch. Right? So it's basically just sharing information and helping each other. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if I'm at a job site and um, someone says to me, oh, do you know a, a bond cleaner? Like I did, I just gave Luke a referral this morning mm. and it's like, oh, do you know a cleaner? Yeah, I do know a cleaner. This is the guy I'm putting up. He's really well respected. Yeah. This is, you know, this is the guy you need to use. So then what we do is I, I basically give Luke a referral through an app called the BNI app. Um, and then he will make contact with that person. So could you just imagine a tradesperson ringing you saying, hey, I'm looking to do your work because I've got your number through Phil. Yeah. And mm. someone on the other end of the phone goes, a tradesman never calls me or yeah, a tradesperson will never call me. Most you know what I mean? That don't even call you back. When That's you're right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so instantly you've got rapport with that person. Mm-hmm. It's like the friend. It's a, it's a friendship thing. It's like an, a really good referral. Yeah, it's, right. it's not a cold referral where, oh, yeah, I know a guy who needs a cleaner. Yeah. It's, hey, I know this guy. He yeah. cleans. You need a cleaner. Put him in contact. Yeah, so it's, it's collaboration across a whole diverse. Yeah, mate, we've got everything services. from lawyers to you know, obviously I'm a painter. Got, the trades. Yeah, we've we got, got about four lawyers. Yeah, four whole lawyers. Heap of tradies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And only on one one sector can be in there. So once you once I'm in as a painter, yep. no other painter can join. Right. Okay. So that's it. You know, but then I've got a commitment to give to that group. So if I just go down and go, I'm the painter, and everyone can just give me work. Yeah. That's all I want to do. It's like, well, they tell you to go away. That's not the idea. Yeah, you're not going to get your membership renewed. So you, you, we have a traffic light system. It feels on top. Um, there you go. I'm in the red there at the moment. Oh, yeah. I'm oh, in the red, yeah. yeah. I need to talk about that. I'll Sorry, I'll rescue the people in the red. I'm in the red. Phil, I need some of your green, please. I need yeah. to bump my red dye. Do you know what? The, the thing with me, and I, and I say this to, I talk to Mark Winter a fair bit, is because I'm so service-based, if one of my guys calls in sick, or something happens on a job the day before and I need to be there Friday morning and I can't get out of it, sometimes I just can't be there. And that's probably the hardest thing. So I need to work out a strategy to get around that. Yeah. You know, but... Because um, you've got to yeah. make yourself available you to do, that, You do, mate. That's, right? that's so, a part of the commitment to the BNI, yeah. right? There's quite a make few people yourself. who like to be subs, so I yeah. know quite a few of them. So if you're ever in that boat, I can probably get you a sub at the last minute. So last Friday morning was 530 when things changed for me. So it's like, how do I get yeah, a sub now? You can ring me then. You reckon? <laughs> because I can just make one of my visitors a sub instead yeah, of a visitor. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Phil, yeah. you're perfect. Yeah, awesome. <laughs> get, me in, get me back in if the yellow as at least. I've got a visitor there, but yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, ring me any time after nine, mate, I'll be up. I want you to go, mate. Yeah. I really do, yeah. I think it'd be awesome for you to come down and, and have a look. It's great to just go as a visitor. Yeah. Even, uh, even if you don't need work or you're not trying to build a business, it's great just finding about the businesses that are in the area and thinking, mm. oh, yeah. I do yep. need help. Yeah, I do need Absolutely. help with that financial advisor or yeah. with, with um, uh, someone to repair my gutters or you know, whatever right. it is. Yeah. That's exactly right. I've asked Jeff to come onto the show, and Vilma's going to also um, make an appearance on the show. So oh, just to you know get different walks of life and what she does and how she helps the community yeah, and people, yeah. yeah, it's it's what it's about, and that's what I guess we're trying to create here in the Springfield Hub with the TED Shed is. 
you know, linking people together and making a community show. Just yeah. learning about people. I mean, I guess one of the, the things that, that I find interesting is, you know, we obviously see shops and businesses that have a presence, right? They're either at Orion or they're in these industrial areas with front you know, signage, frontage, yeah, frontage and you, you yeah. drive past and you know who they are, Commercial Drive, Springfield, etc. Um, but you've also got, the yeah, things that amaze me, you go through Carroll Park or all these other places where there's just industrial warehouse and, you know, 12 units in a complex and there's businesses running out and you've got no idea what's in there, what they do. But but even further to that, how many people actually operate businesses from home mm. with basically no visibility? I know the top of my street, um, there's a dog wash, oh, yeah. uh, dog grooming company there. And yep. the only reason I know it, there's no advertising, there's no signage, is that there's just this constant flow of cars dropping off with dogs and then, that come yeah, in and then coming back an hour and later and picking up their, their dog right and yeah. just through observing that you go okay all well, these people are running but yeah the, the flow of, of people through you know their house yeah shows that like you know, there's this whole little micro industry working out of uh, out of a residential house mm. and i could just imagine that and you've probably seen it phil that everywhere right all of these different people i mean like you talked about yeah. this being a you know a well-kept secret here in this shed how much stuff is going on inside of, you know, between people's fences mm. that are, you know, industrious and, and contributing to the community that you just, you don't even know they're there. How do you find them? Yeah. It comes through word of mouth. Yeah. Word of mouth is a massive thing and, and being in the right circles at the right time. And, mm. and if you're looking for a service, I mean, I know Facebook has those pages where, um, you know, you see people recommend, oh, I need a painter or I need an electrician or I need whatever. Yeah. That's how I guess those those businesses probably operate. You yeah, know a I mean? lot of them. Yeah, I think it's up to about seventy five percent of people's work comes through you oh, know, yeah. networks. And, Absolutely, uh, and so a lot of people once they join, they don't need to advertise as much, so they save no. a lot of money on advertising because they're already getting it through through BNI. Yeah, yeah I guess things you, like those home hairdressers and and like even said the, the the dog grooming and that. I guess once they hit a volume of what they do is is just, you know well, they're, they're not capped. employing. Mm. Yeah, they have the regular business. They don't need to market. They just have the, the yeah. regular clientele to yeah. sustain themselves. But if you're a new business in Springfield and you're looking to establish yourself, B&I is a great way to do that. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, because people get to work through the room. It's not just yeah. our chapter, but if you've got, say, you're uh, whatever and you need, you know, you've got clients over at Mogul, yeah. well, you can go through that chapter that's over there and work through that room to find more clients. So you yeah. might be a someone who bloody dressages horses i don't do whatever with horses Mm. and that's what you want to do where you can work through our room to get to them you know what i mean so So it's it's a a national international there's 250 groups uh, like we're just one of the groups there's 250 groups in australia and then there's like uh, 20 or thirty thousand groups around the world and so some people actually work internationally they find out who the bni members are and other places and then make friends with them mark Cannon is one of those people yeah so it's really through. powerful too because mm. uh, even well, you mentioned facebook's a great way too but it just multiplies yep. it because uh, you put up something on facebook or someone does and then someone in the group sees it then everybody in the group sees it and they're all liking and sharing yeah and they say oh does anybody <laughs> know a painter oh yeah, yeah i know a really good painter yeah, yeah and, well, uh, I, know, I know a really good podcast that and, uh, should and then, on the b and i facebook group surely <laughs> yeah that's right yeah no, you're exactly right, Phil. And and I turn up to jobs and I've already half won them because I turn up and I was like, oh, you know, how did you hear about me? That's normally the first question either on the phone or when I turn up yep. after we've sort of walked around for a bit. I'll be like, so how did you actually hear about me? They're like, oh, I put it on the Facebook page and six people recommended you. So you must be the best guy around. Yep. And you yeah. win the job. Yeah, right. Like it's that good. Like I just did, um, we do a thing for thank you for close of business each week. Yep. And um, through a referral through obviously Phil and Mark, um, was seventeen thousand eight hundred dollars yeah. last oh, wow, week man. just on close of business on referrals? Yeah, 
all through referrals, all through that room. Yeah. So, fantastic. you know, you pay a small membership fee, but then you, you open yourself to a, a million open doors. Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, good. It sounds like a, a really good initiative. Um, once mm. again, it's just another thing that, you know, I shouldn't be surprised now, but um, yeah, another story of another, you, you know, you know what, the guy who started, the guy who started it was Ivan Meisner and he started it in his garage. Did he? <laughs> oh. Just like you guys who started oh, yeah. this. You never know where it might lead to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So Phil, in the volunteering side, you said obviously volunteering is, is the biggest part of your centre. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they are looking to volunteer? Can we get something up on our socials, Jace? I don't yeah, do sure. the production side of things here. I just sit behind this mic and yeah, I'll talk. make you look good. Yeah, he makes yeah. me look good. Um, but how how do we find you? And and if there are people that are listening to this, and it could be a year down the track, obviously you're still going to need volunteers. Definitely. Um, how Always room for one you? more volunteer. Is my theory. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. I was just going to say on that. We've only got a couple of minutes left before we sort of reach our time limit because we know you've got to go. Um, I've been hearing a lot through like ABC Talkback and that saying that since COVID, volunteering numbers have drastically declined. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that no, people I, are supporting are falling off? Overall, probably. But I think if you stay out there, you're saying, old. I love the fact in COVID that because we considered ourselves an essential service, we could mm. choose to stay open, which we did. Yeah. And a lot of people want to make a difference, you know. Yep. Yeah, and uh, some of the work, you know hard thing was trying to keep some people like over seventy. Say so you guys are supposed to be staying home. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, we just couldn't make them stay home, so we had right. to get legal advice whether we were liable. Oh wow! Uh, you know yeah. if they did come, but thankfully, if they make up their own mind that they want to be there, and you've advised them to stay home, well, isn't it's out yeah. of your control? So that was great because yeah, there's the mental health side of it. It's not yep. just the physical health, but there's the also health. the mental health that. Yeah. Uh, people being locked up at home but so we just continued to operate pretty much as normal yep. the church side had to shut down like we couldn't have services but we could still be there every day giving out the food building those relationships yeah yeah and a lot of those people that came you know continued to come out because they were struggling yeah and then yeah a lot of them be, become friends you know become volunteers and yep. um the reality back. probably would too, if I'm not mistaken, is COVID would have made life a lot more difficult and put a lot more pressure on certain people in the community as well, right? Yeah, so some people were better off. stayed there to deliver mm. services. Yeah. yeah, well, some people, especially with the job seeker and job keeper, they were actually mm. getting a lot more than what they might have been. Yeah. Some people, but yeah, other people were getting a lot less too and still had to meet their... Uh, you know, meet their repayments too. Yeah, the financial stress that comes into it then is is off the hook. Yeah. Well, yeah. once again, I think, you know, yeah. it, it just shows that we live in a, in a pretty amazing place. So for all the negativity that we, we see on social media and, you know, we know all the clickbait on, on you know, news stories now. Like, you know, yeah, news fake news. News yeah. isn't news anymore. Yeah. Um, and it is fantastic to have someone in and you know, hear some fantastic stories in our community. On the ground. Yeah, Phil is on the ground. Well, and thank Phil, you guys for what you're doing. No, this is that's, amazing. That's awesome. And and you didn't tell us where we find you. Where do we find you? Is it a, is it a website? Is it a Facebook page? How do we find you again? Yep. Um, any of those things. Westside yep. Community Care is Westside. the name to remember. It's a bit of a long one, but yeah, yep. our group is called Westside Community Care Network on Facebook. Yep. Or but you can just find me as Phil Cutcliffe. Um, type in Phil Cutcliffe if you, as long as you get the spelling right. Yep. It'll, you'll find me pretty easily. Yeah. And. Um, Happy for you to contact me on my mobile too, 0411 Yep. Perfect. Yeah, fantastic. I'll share that around on social yes. media so thanks, people Jess. begin to get out. And if you've listened to the <laughs> end of this, thanks for <laughs> yeah, staying with still us. Here. Thank you very and, much. And Phil, thanks very much for joining <laughs> yeah, us. Yeah, thanks so much, right? guys, for your time. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, thank you, Phil. Fantastic. Cheers. It's been a pleasure God bless having you. you. Yeah, you too, mate. Thank you.